Today on the Daily Gator Daily Thought, the Friday edition, we have a, uh, well, a college that's told science professors, uh, not to call women women. I'll give you a few minutes to see if you can dream up what they want women to be called. Oh, I just called a woman. I guess I can't go to college there now. Oh, no. From the OutKick, uh, we look at the case of uh, ESPN anchor Sage Steele suing ESPN for discriminating against her based on her politics. And we're going to look at some times that ESPN let liberal pundits on their network get away with things that it won't let or wouldn't let Sage Steele get away with. Double standards much? Uh, an appeals court has ruled that Oberlin College, a private college, must pay $25 million uh, in awards to a family-owned bakery that it defamed by calling racist. Uh, I wrote about this years ago. I thought the people had already gotten the money. But apparently this is what happens. Legal tactics, legal tactics. They still haven't gotten money for being defamed. It's uh, it's a very ugly story. And the good guys won. And, and damn it, they need the money now. Okay? When wrong is wrong and a court makes a ruling, let's get it done. And a, a person who rioted in Kenosha, Wisconsin, if Kenosha, Wisconsin rings a bell, remember Kyle Rittenhouse. But anyway, one of the uh, thugs that uh, tried to kill uh, young Mr. Rittenhouse, who he thankfully killed, they want a, uh, they want a, uh, a monument to this person. They want a monument, my friends, to memorialize a person who tried to kill an innocent human being with a skateboard by bludgeoning them to death. Is that what we want now? We're going to memorialize rioters and thugs and attempted murders? Really? We have lost our damn minds, my friends. All that and more today in the Delegator Daily Thought, the Friday edition. Let's kick this pig, kids. Can't have a good weekend without kicking the pig first, can you? And let's kick it off in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, Moon Battery has a story. Uh, there was going to be a memorial. It was proposed 
by the uh, the good leftists there to that uh, this person needed to be memorialized, even though they were rioting and they were attempting to kill an innocent human being when they were met with a well a lethal reaction to lead apparently uh, and justice. But of course, the good liberals wanted to memorialize the bad guy, the thug, uh, who had a criminal record before this. Of course, a violent record. Those violent felons, the, the leftists can't get enough loving from them, can they? You get the idea that a lot of leftists just want to spoon violent felons, as long as they kill and attack the right people, of course. Uh, a public meeting in Kenosha, Wisconsin, descended into chaos. Chaotic chaos, from what I understand. Uh, this was Monday night as one resident accused the Parks Commission of quietly trying to approve a proposal to memorialize one of the two men killed by Kyle Rittenhouse in 2020. The commission ultimately tabled the proposal after multiple residents showed opposition to the placement of a memorial tree and plaque commemorating Anthony Huber at Anderson Park. I wonder what the wording would have been, just out of curiosity. Uh, Huber had already begun to compile a criminal record, Moon Battery notes, when he acquired his 15 minutes of fame during a ride in support of violent sociopath Jacob Blake. He was a man who's, I believe he's still paralyzed now, but he was shot in, in the uh, back by police in the big media story, media lie, liberal lie, was that he was unarmed. He actually had a knife. He had fought with police. He was not listening to orders. He was trying to get into a vehicle with small children in it uh, to flee the scene. So police really could not let him just go. And he did have a knife. He even admitted he had a knife. And he was shot uh, and uh, was not killed. But he was shot. And the police have been cleared of any wrongdoing. Anybody who's seen the videotapes of the incident can see he had a knife can see he's fighting with police. He was on the ground wrestling around with them at one point. And he's consistently resisting arrest. And by the way, he was he was uh, violating an, a restraining order by his ex-girlfriend who lived at that address. Who he, According to her, she had accused him of violently sexually assaulting her. Hence the restraining order. So again, uh, this guy, again, I, you hate to see anybody paralyzed. That's a horrible fate. But he could have done about 79 different things to not get into it with police, to not get shot. And all of the things that happened in, uh, up until he got shot were his fault. So Jacob Blake, uh, in a just world, gets no sympathy except for the compassion you feel for another human being. And you wish that at some point in, in that time frame, he would have behaved differently and said, okay, restraining or maybe he shouldn't have sex. If he did, he's accused, not convicted, of sexually assaulting his ex-girlfriend. I mean, so many things he could have done not to have been shot by police. The police did nothing wrong. But anyway, they wanted to uh, put up a memorial uh, to this person who again tried to kill somebody with a skateboard. And if you don't think a big heavy skateboard cracking you in the skull might kill you, you are not that, uh, you're not that bright. Okay. You're not the sharpest knife in the door. 
Okay. You're not the biggest fish in a pond, that kind of thing. Uh, but this violent sociopath, again, Anthony Huber, uh, tried to kill uh, Kyle Rittenhouse by bashing him in the head with a uh, skateboard. Fortunately, as Moon Battery notes, Kyle Rittenhouse was armed and did act lawfully, legally, and justifiably in self-defense. Uh, a vignette from the criminal history of Anthony Huber came to light during the attempted railroading of Rittenhouse and provides insight into what the town bureauweenies want taxpayers to memorialize. Anthony Huber told his brother that if he didn't start cleaning a room in his house, he was going to gut him like a pig. Rittenhouse's lawyer, Corey uh, Churafisi, said, uh, adding that Huber did this while holding a six-inch butcher, butcher knife to the, to the brother's stomach. Sounds like a nice guy, doesn't he? Really. Uh, Huber allegedly sat back watching the brother and his grandmother clean while threatening to kill the brother if he stopped. Uh, Huber grabbed his brother by the neck, dug his nails, and choked him for approximately 10 seconds. He put a knife to his brother's left ear, and his brother felt it cut him. I'm going to burn the house down with all you fuckers in it, uh, Huber said. So, really nice guy. And you know what? You go around swinging, uh, swinging at innocent people with a skateboard and they have an AR-15. <laughs> You're going to meet not the leftist version of justice. No, no, no. You might just meet actual real justice. You might get your ass shot. And you won't get a park named after you or a plaque at a park uh, because you, uh, you're a, a, a radical leftist who likes to hurt people. Very, very interesting. Also of note, a former Kenosha alderman, Kevin Mathewson, now works as an investigative journalist. He noted that the commission tabled the proposed Huber Memorial instead of voting it down. You know why? It's again, the sneakiness here. This allows them to slip it past later when no one is paying attention, and don't be surprised if that happens. That's why we must always be on guard, lest we one day find ourselves living in a country where liberals have replaced all the heroes with criminals and creeps. How true. And again, need I remind everybody that all types of memorials to all types of, of, of iconic, uh, noble, brave, historical American figures and leaders are being assaulted, taken down. Be careful of that my friends very dangerous territory when you start erasing history and that's what stalinists always do and that's what the left is representing today again now i wrote about this years ago overland college and they were um, there's a, a restaurant there that someone was uh well let me get this story straight to be sure it's a bakery actually uh, but someone was stealing from them. Some of the staff caught them stealing. And some of the students at Oberlin, some of the loudmouths, decided uh, that this was racism by the, the people of the bakery at Oberlin, uh, near Oberlin College. So the college blackballed them. They suffered all kinds of consequences because of it when they did nothing but stop a, a thief from stealing from them. But an Ohio appeals court has upheld a $25 million judgment against Oberlin College 
It was awarded the Gibson's Bakery in 2019 after a jury found the private institution had participated, the private institution being Oberlin College, in a racially motivated smear campaign against a family-owned bakery. And there was some nasty smearing going on. And Oberlin, uh, the people at Oberlin who did this are, they're trash. Let's be honest. The Ninth District Court of Appeals on Thursday also upheld a $6.2 million payment in attorney fees, uh, WKYC reports. Uh, and here is a, uh, here's a statement. As satisfying as this must be to the Gibson family, it also must be bittersweet because the two lead plaintiffs and the patriarchs of the family did not live to see the appeals court verdict. Uh, that is from Cornell Law Professor... Uh, William Jacobson, who uh, the blog Legal Insurrection, which is linked by my blog, The Delegator. Wonderful, wonderful man, William Jacobson. He's a national treasure. God bless him. Uh, bright, brilliant man, and he does a lot of good in this country. So take some time. Stop by Legal, Legal Insurrection. I think it's legalinsurrection.com. But a good guy and one that deserves our support and appreciation for what he does. He's followed this case closely over the years. Now, the college fix previously reported that the fifth generation owned bakery in downtown Oberlin had been the target of racism accusations. And that's about the worst thing you can be accused of right now in America. And a massive onslaught of student activist outcry. All the ignorant back words activists who don't even know why they're mad, but they know they're supposed to be mad and they're going to take it out on someone who was accused and there's no need for due process. They were accused of something. Well, that's it. It's over. That's uh, that's what happens when you empower little thugs like this, people who don't believe in America. And one of our key principles in America is due process, innocent till proven guilty. The left loathes that one. They loathe that principle as much as any other. Uh, there were also uh, protests, boycott attempts, some of which Oberlin officials and administrators joined in on. They were egging this stuff on, uh, basically declaring financial war and public image war on this uh, bakery. After three African-American students were arrested for stealing two bottles of wine and assaulting a store clerk. So basically, this bakery sells more than just donuts and, and pastries, obviously. These uh, three were trying to steal two bottles of wine. A store clerk tried to stop them. He was assaulted. And, of course, that turned into because they were the right color. They were the right pigmentation. And that's all that matters to the left. They must have been innocent victims of racism. And let's all boycott this legitimate uh Fifth generation business. Court documents show that Oberlin College officials use, listen closely, university funds to purchase food and cold weather gear for student demonstrators. Well, the little, the little, the little, little whiners can't be cold. They'll get shivery. They can't. They're fighting for justice, don't you know? Uh Uh, They also seemingly acquiesced to student calls for a boycott. The college also suspended purchasing baked goods from Gibson. So the college itself took part in in a a boycott. Again, financially damaging this business for nothing. 
absolutely nothing except an empty false accusation. According to the bakery, Oberlin's then dean of students even distributed flyers outside their store, which read, don't buy, this is a racist establishment with a long account of racial profiling and discrimination. Again, you're attacking a business for what? Preventing someone from stealing from them. That's how leftism is crazy now. That's how crazy it is, rather, I should say. Uh, shortly after the college was found guilty, lawyers for Oberlin appealed the case and arguments were heard in November of 2020. Since then, the suit set undecided uh, before Ohio's 9th District Court of Appeals until Thursday's ruling was handed down. Uh, Oberlin is disappointed. They said that the appeals court affirmed the judgment. Uh, we are reviewing the court's opinion carefully as we evaluate our options and determine next steps. Here's what you ought to do. This from that was from Oberlin spokesman Scott Wargo told Legal Insurrection. Why don't you just pay up? You were wrong. You know you were wrong. You probably knew you were wrong when you were doing it, but you thought social justice would protect you, I guess. Why don't you just pay and, and issue an apology? And maybe you could have a special plaque on your campus near uh, this uh, this bakery that to remind students to, you know, look before you leap. Due process matters. Accusations are not uh, automatically accepted. Accusations have to be worked out. If wrong was done, punish the wrongdoers, but you have to find out first. And this college obviously doesn't care about that. And good for the family for winning. I hope they just get their damn money already. It's time. It's past time. Uh, it's sickening that uh, Oberlin College would behave this way. But again, they probably thought, what the hell, we'll get away with it. We'll never get popped because we're on the left side of history, and that's the right side right now. Now, my friends, we're going to get to another college situation. And this is from the College Fix. Colleges, or this college, has told the natural sciences professors at working at their university they should not call women women. What should they call them? Babes, toots, sweet cheeks. No, 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 none of that. You evil, evil, lecherous men. No, instead of calling women women, even though they are women, uh, they should call women people with uteruses or people who menstruate. I mean, what a way to greet somebody. Excuse me, sir. There's a, 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 a young person with a uterus out here to see you. Or there's, a, there's two, uh, two people with, who menstruate out here to see you. Who the hell, where the hell do these people get the idea that what they're doing makes any sense, that it's moral and justifiable somehow, and that it's not insulting and demeaning to the very people they claim to be protecting? The war on gender. It's here. And it's its apparently it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. I, I mean, if I was a natural sciences professor at this college, 
I would probably just laugh when someone told me this. I'd probably tell them out of my office. Seriously. Uh, Massachusetts College is the one we're talking about. It encourages scholars to create gender-affirming classrooms. Gender-affirming classrooms. <laughs> Maybe they should have a guy with a mic and a little PA system in the classroom. And when a woman comes in, they say, oh, another, per another person who menstruates. <laughs> That's three of them. I mean, really, where do these people come up with this idiocy? And the things they want to call people to to object, uh, objectively help them, don't help them. They demean them and insult them. Wheaton College in Massachusetts has, has published a lengthy guide with recommendations for professors to make classrooms more affirming and inclusive for students of different genders. Oh, I, I could not work with these people. I couldn't. I would end up beating one about the head and body with some wet macaroni or something. Seriously. I would just laugh. I just couldn't, I couldn't even look at them in the eyes without laughing. This is so stupid. Uh, the document includes a section dedicated to natural sciences. Notice the words natural and sciences. Natural sciences. That tells instructors uh, who teach about sex differences, sexuality, or reproduction. Uh, to consider using terms that are both more precise and which are uh, which better account for these bodies and experiences. In particular, the memo advises against using the terms male genitalia. What do they want them to use? Tallywhacker? <laughs> Pecker? Excuse me, we're going to be uh, talking about peckers today in natural sciences to let you uh, people who menstruate know there will be pecker talk today. It's so stupid. So you can't, uh, you're not supposed to use the terms male genitalia and female genitalia. So you're not supposed to use those. Why would you? I seriously, unless it's you know, bare bones science of things. And, and why would anyone be offended by the words? You're in college, you're an adult. You should be, you should be able to hear certain words and not giggle. Shouldn't or blow snot bubbles or something. Seriously, grow up. Instead, okay, listen, this is what drives me crazy. Instead of using the term male genitalia or female genitalia, Instead, suggest penis. It's the same thing. Or testes. It's the same thing. Vulva or clitoris. The guide also advises against the terms born female. Who uses that term anyway? I mean, really, it's not a common thing, is it? Oh, uh, yeah, that's a Gladys. She was born female, you know. Having a good authority, um, or biological male. Instead, use assigned 
male slash female at birth, depending, I guess. It also encourages terms, people with uteruses. Well, I would suggest to you that if a person has a uterus, they are also a woman. Because science or uh, people who menstruate and pregnant people instead of women or females. So now the term, the word woman and the word female are verboten. Uh, this helps to specify the relevant organs or biological process instead of making assumptions about the identities of the people in question. Who's making an assumption? Nobody. Men have penises. Yes, even Geraldo. Probably has its own little mustache. It looks like his mustache on his face. Who knows? Uh, but again, they're going so far overboard. They've gone into absurdity, way past absurdity. They're like 500 miles west of absurdity now with this garbage. They're so worried about what word or what phrase or how to say this or that without offending someone. Anybody who gets offended because they're called a woman or referred to as female or they're called male or man, uh, anybody who gets offended by that, I don't feel sorry that they're offended because they are a moron. Uh, again, this specificity matters for trans and non-binary students in class, but also for anyone who, for example, might become a healthcare worker. Inability to access competent and sensitive medical treatment, not just transition-related healthcare either, but also basic preventative and acute medical care is a persistent problem for transgender people. I think the problem is all being created by the left so they can quote fix it and by fix it i mean screw it all up for everybody and now my friends now we get to the story of uh, sage steel and uh just a warning there may be cursing involved by me sorry uh this is one that really bugs me because sage steel is very professional uh seems to be a great lady and this seems to be very friendly and genuine and because she happens to be conservative and also of mixed ancestry, mixed race. And yes, just for you scientific types, she does have a uterus, I believe. Yes, I'm sure of it. And because of that, because she's a conservative, she has been ripped and, and mocked and, and treated like crap by ESPN. So she is suing their ass and Sage, I mean this sincerely, I hope you take every damn last dime they have. In fact, I wish you would be given, that would be a great reward. Take it away from who owns it and give it to Sage Steele. It'd probably be a lot better. Probably be a lot of more sports-centered, sports-related coverage. No more politics, no more opinionating, no more whiny liberals. And we're going to look at some things from the outkick that Sage Steele couldn't do, but leftist agitators were allowed to do or have been allowed to do by ESPN. ESPN, I got to tell you, I think you're going to, uh, I think you're going to lose some significant coin on this one. 
And we're uh, right back with that, my friends, after this. And here we go, my friends. The story of the day. From OutKick. Eight times ESPN let liberal pundits get away with things it will not let Sage Steele do. Bobby Burke wrote this piece, and this saga with ESPN when they went uh, woke and they went so political, and, and not just political, it was one-sided political. And they had loudmouth bigots like Jamel Hill and others who just absolutely, they ruined Sports Center. They ruined so much of the wonderful things that ESPN does so well, which is cover sports. And they suffered terribly. A lot of financial losses, ratings dropped. People got fired. They finally had a CEO who came in and said, look, we're just going to talk sports. But they were so woke and so wrapped up in their own little ego trip that they just never got over it. And they are now being sued by Sage Steele, who is, I don't know if she's the only conservative who works there. I do know this. A lot of the people who have been let go by ESPN over the past few years, um, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of those ESPN sports uh, sports center anchors and, and commentators and, and people like that, it wouldn't surprise me to find out a, a good number of those were not conservative. I'm not saying that's for certain, but it seems like a lot of times the loudest mouths, the loudest whiny mouths have somehow continued to be at ESPN. But anyway, Sage Steel is suing for discrimination, basically. Uh, she's suing the network alleging that it retaliated against her for exercising her free speech rights during a podcast with Jay Cutler in 2021. Now, Jay Cutler is a former NFL player. He has, I guess he had or has a podcast. Sage Steele was a guest. And back in 2021, and she said some things, not, I guess, not too flattering about ESPN's uh, vaccine policies. Uh, Steele has accused ESPN of benching her, gave her an unofficial suspension for questioning the company's vaccine mandate and also commenting on Barack Obama identifying as black. And I don't remember the exact quote she, she said about Obama, but basically she's of mixed race. Her father's black was black. I believe he was the first, uh, college football player at army to, to play football. I think that was the case. Her mother was white, and she was raised not to not to use race as a crutch, anything like that. And she was questioning Obama a little bit. Again, just gave her opinion that, you know, Obama has a white side too. So if you're going to get racial about it and talk about the race of your father, what about the race of your mother? Doesn't that count too, basically? And just kind of a common sense question, and coming from somebody who is biracial, you would think, okay, they've got a right to opine on that. And they've got probably a view a lot of us don't who aren't biracial. But anyway, she was suspended for that and kind of downplaying the vaccine mandate, uh, saying some things about it, which again, should be her right to say it. 
but she was unofficially suspended. Uh, Steele is the only openly conservative host of the network, alleges that ESPN uses selective enforcement on disciplinary issues. And yeah, Bobby Burke of the Outkick says she's right. Here are some examples. There are eight of them he gives. I'm not going to go through all eight. You have to go read Bobby Burke's fine work to get all of them. While at ESPN, Jamel Hill, I wonder how Jamel Hill's at, uh, she has a new show at CNN Plus. Did you know that? Oh, wait. Oh, that's terrible, Jamel. And that race pimping thing was working so well for you. I guess you can kiss that money goodbye. That's too bad, Jamel. I, I, I feel bad for you. No, I don't, you hack. Uh, Jamel Hill uh, called then-President Donald Trump a white supremacist. Contrary to what Hill defenders are tweeting today, ESPN did not discipline Jamel Hill for calling the president a white supremacist. Instead, ESPN suspended her when she later encouraged sponsors to boycott the NFL, which is a partner of ESPN. So, in other words... Uh, she opened her big fat mouth, and instead of just putting her foot in it this time, Jamel Hill encouraged sponsors to boycott the NFL, and of course now you're getting into real money. And ESPN will let you go woke, but they don't want to go totally broke. So that's what got Jamel Hill uh, sus- suspended, and then eventually she left. Changes happen. Uh, when advertisers are impacted, Hill wrote, if you feel strongly about Cowboys owner Jerry Jones' statement, boycott his advertisers. That's what got her in trouble. But he has been allowed her to call Trump a white supremacist without any punishments. But when, when Sage Steele responds to a question and questions why Obama would identify only as black, she got suspended. Double standard? How about Dan Libertard? Uh, critics of Steele say ESPN disciplined her in part because she questioned a company policy. If so, that's also an example of selective enforcement. In 2019, Dan Lebitard, who used to have a really terrible show on ESPN, I, I don't, he doesn't work for ESPN anymore as far as I know. He still has a terrible show. But you, you don't, can't watch it on ESPN anymore. In 2019, he called out ESPN's ban on political topics. ESPN at that time, back a couple years ago, said, no more politics, let's stick to sports. Let's remember what we were founded to do, let's stick to sports. And Dan Levitar didn't like it. So he called out the ban on political topics because he wanted to bash Trump over comments that Trump made about Democratic Representative Elon Omar, the little ball of hate. Lebetard said on air that his bosses and their policies were, quote, cowardly. Uh, CNN tweeted a little bit of him saying this, and he uh, Lebetard called ESPN's relatively new politics-free stance cowardly in the face of President Trump and his supporters' racist remarks about four Democratic congresswomen of color. I don't remember him saying anything racist about them. I remember him saying something along the lines, if you're not grateful to have come to this country as Omar did from a hellhole like uh, she was at before, 
if you're not happy about that, not happy with America, maybe maybe you should go back home. I don't know. Seems commonsensical to me. But anyway, uh, Levitard went on to call Trump an old white man. Uh, in case anyone forgot that Trump was white, Levitard violated network policy and roasted his network on air. ESPN did not mind. He faced no repercussions. How about uh, Howard Bryant? I'm trying to remember Howard Bryant. I have a vague recollection, but he called ESPN, again, his employer at the time, racist because they did not have enough non-former athletes who are black men as analysts on studio pregame shows. For context, there are only two non-former athletes in analyst roles on ESPN audio shows. One is Stephen A. Smith, who makes a boatload of money, and Michael Wilbon, and both of whom are, yes, black. Uh, Brian also had assaulted his wife in the past, but all good at ESPN because they're for empowering women. I'm sorry I said women. People with uteruses. Then there's Mark Jones, maybe to me the most egregious one. Uh, He was doing a game, a college football game. He calls college football for him. And as far as the style of doing it, he's very good at it. But he's done several things in the past. In fact, he's even gotten raises while this stuff's going on. When uh, 49ers linebacker Nick Bosa, who was supposedly a person who voted for Trump, no one knows, he suffered a torn ACL and Mark Jones cheered it. You're cheering someone getting hurt because they th- you think they voted for somebody that you don't like politically. Well, that's professional. I also marked UFC fighter Colby Covington, a conservative, when he got his jaw broken in a fight. That's classy, classy Mark Jones. He also, this was the one that really upset me. He asserted that police are more likely to shoot black people dead than escort them to safety. Why he was not fired for that? Uh, To me, he said this, uh, how can you not fire the guy? He just smeared tens of thousands of police across the whole country. How can you not fire him? Uh, He also lied on air and reported that police officers shot Jacob Blake while he was, quote, unarmed. That's the gentleman who is now paralyzed. We we talked about earlier from Kenosha, Wisconsin area. Uh, He also shared comments telling conservative uh, radio host Russ Limbaugh to rot in hell uh, right after Limbaugh's wife announced his death. So you conduct yourself like that publicly. How do you not get fired? But Mark Jones is black and he's a loudmouth leftist. So maybe ESPN was worried about what he would say, what he would do. Uh, there's also Jalen Rose is referenced. Uh, J.A. Adonde, who really thinks the United States is worse than China as far as human rights violations. And uh, also Bamani Jones, who apparently doesn't have low ratings. Apparently his ratings are somewhere close to close to the level of, uh, I don't know, charisma that Kamala Harris has. Seriously. Also Maria Taylor, who's, uh, who is a uh, 
just a clown car of excitement. Maria Taylor is very blessed to have a career in sports. She's good at what she does. Nice voice, nice looking former athlete, a volleyball player at Georgia. Uh, but it didn't take her long to go racial when she wanted more money. And to me, that's dis- that's just uh, disgusting. But in conclusion, uh, Burke writes that Sage Steel has a point. ESPN selectively chooses when to allow employees to exercise free speech and criticize the company. And for some reason, Steele is not allowed to do either, while many of her colleagues are. And then he says, get them Sage. Uh, good luck in your lawsuit. I hope you win, Sage Steele. Uh, I hope you do. Again, you seem like a very, very sweet lady. Uh, the left has never liked you. A lot of your co-workers at ESPN apparently have not been nice to you uh, because of your politics. Uh, I remember Dan Levitard saying some bad things about her. Um, but uh, that's no surprise, is it? We're, just, we're no longer surprised when people on the left go way out of bounds and attack conservatives or anyone they perceive as conservative. It is very sad, and I hope that ESPN pays through the nose. I know that, look, ESPN, I've said it before. You do sports so brilliantly. Sports Center was absolute joy at one time. You could get up in the morning, any time of the year, and watch an hour-long edition of Sports Center. Tons of highlights, great music, great commentary by the hosts. Uh, and, and you, 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 you got to watch what happened in all the games last night, baseball, football, basketball, whatever the season was. And it was an incredible experience and you broadcast so many sports so well. Stop being political. Most of your audience doesn't want you to go political either way. I don't care what your opinion is, but when you directly go against half the country, at least and smear them and demean them. I don't know why you have any viewers left. And and look, you're doing more harm than you can imagine. Because people who are sports fans, that's a big part of their life. They get a lot of relief from that. They get a lot of enjoyment, fulfillment from watching their favorite teams. And instead of giving your all to continue that, you're curtailing it and hampering it and hurting it. Don't do that. ESPN, be better. Seriously. This is from a, a person who has uh, gotten a lot of enjoyment from ESPN broadcasting over the years. But you need to do better. I don't care what your politics are. I never cared an ounce about the politics of anyone who broadcast on there or comments or, or does the sports anchoring. I don't care. But I do care that you deliver a quality product instead of what you've been doing the past few years. Okay? We don't care what your opinion is. We don't care. Keep it about sports. Your ratings will go back up. And you know what? You'll end up a lot better. And you'll probably feel a lot better about yourself inside. Because... I know a lot of people at the top. I don't know them personally, but I bet you a lot of them feel like they should be doing this anyway. But you're probably worried about your job too, I guess. Because you better than anybody knows how brutally intolerant 
the loud mouths on the left really are. How afraid of hearing anything they don't like they are. And if you don't believe that, just consider their reaction to an uh, to a guy dedicated to freedom of speech, unbridled, unfettered freedom of speech buying Twitter. Look at the reaction of the leftists. They're upset because now they'll have to read more conservative opinions they're afraid of on Twitter. They're not for freedom of expression. They're for their freedom to say whatever they want. And I am Doug Hagan. I am done. God bless y'all. Thank you for listening. If you're left, you just ain't right. Go Gators. And yes, God bless America. My three rules of life. I will be back on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And uh, there will not be a tractor pull. No. Uh, Well, there probably will be, but I won't be broadcasting it. Those get boring after a while. Sorry, they do. Uh, But anyway, God bless you. Thank you. And I appreciate the patronage. And by the way, speaking of tractor pulls, I thought of the the four-wheel drive, those events. Gravedigger, and he had some famous trucks. Whatever happened to Bigfoot? Remember the the truck Bigfoot, the big Ford? It was kind of the the founding fathers of uh, the big four-wheel events. Whatever happened to the, 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 no longer competes or what? I don't know. If you know, go to the Daily Gator, uh, dailygator.dailybabes.wordpress.com.